This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Hi, everyone. It's Amber and Jenna here. Welcome to, the, to today's episode on the Mother Loving Future Show. Today, we're exploring the idea of divine union and how to get there. So for more show notes or to sign up for some more good stuff from us, check out our website, themotherlovingfuture.com. And in the meantime, Jenna's going to give us her definition. So this is the definition, my definition of divine union. The inner alchemy that happens when two equal opposite forces come together to form a balanced union that is a reflection of the divine. This union births a third force, a neutral force. That represents balance. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of like the yin-yang symbol. You know, like the yin-yang symbol has the two opposite equal forces. It has the black and the white. And in the black, there's a bit of the white. And in the white, there's a bit of the black. But they're equal and opposite. And they're coming together in perfect harmony and balance to form a third force, which is the symbol itself, which contains both of them, but which is balanced. So would you say that, so if I'm going to... Um, translate what your definition is. Please. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong. Would you say that divine union is really, it's, divine union doesn't mean you have to be married, right? Not at all. And divine union can happen within yourself, just within synthesizing forces within yourself. It's really just about a pol- polarity s- integration. Okay, so if we're talking about the polarity integration mm-hmm. and achieving this sense of divine union as a single person or mm-hmm. in a relationship, divine, mm-hmm. would you say that the divine union of those equal opposite parts would have to be in a context of uh, spirituality or something bigger than being human? What is the divine? Well, I guess you could talk about it in the terms of the yin and yang symbol, which is like in our human world, we live in a world of polar opposite forces, like the negative and positively charged particles at the very core of of matter. Um, So you could say that if you're in a third dimensional, non-spiritual, kind of just like material consciousness, that you're going to be in the consciousness of the black and the white. You're not going to be seeing the consciousness of the bigger picture. So in order to get to that bigger picture where the black and the white are synthesized into the neutral, it really does take um, a spiritual awakening to out, out, to get out of the material world and into a place where you're able to kind of see uh, both objectively. So that makes sense. So yeah, that makes sense. So you're saying that each one of us has to get to a place within our own selves. Totally. Of consciousness or acceptance or Absolutely. harmony with life in order to achieve a sense of true balance? Yeah, within ourselves or with our partners. And I think if we're living, you know, if we're if we're living in a material consciousness, then our relationships and unions will be a reflection of that. And the divine union would be like not from a material standpoint. You have to be out kind of outside of material consciousness, I'd say. I think. Okay, so give me <laughs> a example of a divine union. Do you know anyone in divine union? I mean, the first person that came to mind, and we don't have very many examples on earth, and the examples that we have had have been destroyed by, you know, history. 
who is written, which is written by the victors, I guess. Um, but the first thing that came to mind to me is Jesus and Mary Magdalene. I was thinking that too. Uh-huh. So divine union, is there, is there a sense of pureness? There is a sense of, I guess, pureness in that the sexual energies of both people involved are being used for, um, in you know, to get closer to God. To get closer to God and to express this sh- this polarity integration on earth as a spiritual unit. So would you say that's like the main component of divine union? Using your sexual um, relationship to get closer to God. I think that's definitely an element when you're talking about t- two people in a relationship. Yeah. Because if you think about, and you can listen to our Kundalini episode, there is this sexual life force energy that's stuck at the base of our spine. And, um, you know, a lot of people kind of like use that to just for pleasure, really. And to use that actually to push that up the column and then use it as a creative spiritual force in the world. If you have both partners doing that, um, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Mm. Oh, yeah. I need to get there. Oh, girl. We all need to get there. We're, we're, all, we're all working on it. And it's also like, okay, let's talk about Jesus and Mary Magdalene, our only example. Jesus got killed. Do you know what I mean? And Magdalene had to run away. So it's like, there are, in my opinion, forces on this planet which do not want divine union to happen because it then templates it for others to follow. And it's a very strong structure. To be too in divine union is very strong and it's like impenetrable by negative forces in a way. So they don't want to have an example of that. So I kind of think that it it hasn't really been safe or appropriate to even be in a divine union relationship on earth for a while. Okay, so if I'm just if I'm really breaking it down to get clear for myself and for the listeners, would you say I'm trying to relate it to my own relationship because mm. I've got a pretty healthy, wholesome, um, mindful relationship with my husband, but I wouldn't say it was divine union. We may be working towards it, which is what we're exploring today, but I haven't got there yet. So I'm trying to think, what do I need to do differently in order to be more of a in a direction towards divine union. Do so, I have both you and your partner completely dedicated your kundalini and sexual energies to your spiritual pursuit? No, so that's what I was going to get to yeah. next. Is if when we're talking about having sex with your partner, would it be the difference between having sex from a place of ego and lust yeah. and grasping and, yes. and just what feels good in the moment compared to totally. having sex in the heart where you're maybe even truly higher connected. than the heart? Higher so, than the so heart. So, what does that look like? What that does looks sex like, than the heart look it like? looks like a divine um, moment of just divinity, like of meditation during sex. Well, I mean, I think that like there's things that could happen where it just, you're, you know, it's just like a divine ecstasy, really. And there's no part of you that's shamed or um, engaging in any lower sort of vibe mm-hmm. situations within so really- that connection the difference between being in your head and your heart. And what I'm really getting is the context of how you're moving in your relationship. So if you're moving, if you if you and your partner are in a relationship where you've both mindfully affirmed that you want to move towards God mm-hmm. or your yes. higher selves yes. within that relationship and use the reflection of the relationship to evolve towards yes. a place where you're your best self. Yes. Um, that's what divine union would look like. And sex would just be an element of that. Yes. Okay. Are you there? No, I'm not there. But I mean, me and Jesse are both actively working on this. Like this is something that's on our radar that we talk about, that we strive for actively. 
So how does this look like in a day-to-day with your relationship in, in regards to something like, okay, like communication? A, an for example, example for today, which is it happened, is like, you know, Jesse is a lawyer and he drafts contracts most of the time, like in his job. And he hates writing. Like he just hates it. He dreads writing, you know? And I love writing. Like that's the thing that makes me the happiest. So that's an example of just our yin and yangness of just like being these opposite forces. And and a lot of times that can, you know, cause trouble because people, you know, if you're coming from a third dimensional perspective, like, and when we have in the past come from that third dimensional perspective, because we are consciously trying to evolve, right? So in the past, it has not been as evolved as it is now. And in the past, um, it could cause misunderstandings because he's coming from one perspective and I'm coming from the opposite perspective. He has certain talents and I lack those talents and I have other talents that he lacks. So I can't understand why he can't just, you know, be open hearted and he can't understand why I just can't see a project through to completion because we're good. We're each other are good at the opposite things. So you're saying that in order to achieve divine union, you have to be opposite. You have to be organized and he has to be messy. I think, so. I think so. And it doesn't, that's how it relates in our relationship that like I, whatever, however I just described to our particularities, but it's an energetic, um, yes, it, it, I, I think it has to be equal and opposite forces. So would you say, uh, another example of that could be possibly if a woman moves into her full femininity and the, the masculine, the guy moves into his full masculinity totally. within that realm. Okay. Yes. Equal opposites playing out. Exactly. So you could have two that a woman like Amber, who's like extremely in her feminine and then like a man like Carrie, who's extremely in his masculine. And that could how, be how it played out. Or you could take um, a relationship where the, the woman is actually closer to masculine and the, the man is actually closer to female energies. They're still equal and opposite. Do you know what I mean? But what if you have a couple that are quite similar and thrive in that similarity? I don't know about that. I don't think that, I mean, unless there's, unless they just seem similar on the outside, because of course me and Jesse enjoy the similar things too. We agree on what house we should live in. We agree on like where we want to travel. So there's of course similarities as well. Just like with you and Carrie, I'm sure you know, you both like to wear silly clothes and go dancing on roller skates. Hey, hey, hey. You know, <laughs> like that's something you guys have the same, but energetically you guys are opposites in, in, in an ener- equal opposite sort of energies, like in the sense of the yin and yang. And so I think people could have surface similarities, but still be energetically opposite in a way. Hmm. So if, if we're talking to people who are looking for divine union, looking for a partner to cultivate that with, mm-hmm. would you say look for someone or be open to someone who is opposite to you? Yeah, I think. And also just, I guess, look past, uh, try to push past things where you might have a talent, they don't have that. Or you, you know, and that, that those original misunderstandings that could arise from having equal and opposite forces. Are actually a great thing. Could be great. Um, I think though that also with divine union partnerships, a lot of times it is magnetic. Like if you think about a magnet with, has one side, whatever, they're, they're opposite equal forces that... <laughs> Mm. suck together. So I think there is an element of that. So I, I, I think that's... Do you think everyone's capable of achieving divine union? Oh, yeah. I think we're set up for that. I mean, I the, my evidence for us being set up for it is like the fact that we are one gender. Do you know what I mean? Like most of us. And I'm sure there's some that are intergender and there there could be like some gray zone there. With, what do you mean we're one gender? 
okay, what I mean is like we are either female or male born. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is po- inherently polar. Do you know what I mean? You're inherently one of two and there's inherently the other. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that to me shows that one alone, like one female alone really cannot be in balance with herself. She could be in internal balance, but in ter- terms of external physical balance, like it's kind of like you need that other. Got it. Now I'm really trying, now I'm just trying to understand it. So it's about um, coming together for, to um, create completion yes. in order to get back yes. to the divine, the, to where yes. we've come from, to a higher yes. version of ourselves or source. Yes. And if you think about source as being outside of polarity and, and source itself being neutral, so source itself having both good and bad within it and really being neutral within itself and also being this feeling of unconditional love, then you can see that a divine union partnership can mimic that because it, it gives you that balance of the, of the two within the one and then it also gives you this unconditional love. And it also sounds like you have to be um, using, you have to be exercising acceptance in this relationship, acceptance of the other person's opposites. And not only acceptance, but realization that that is, that completes you in a way. So what are some other characteristics of a divine union relationship? Just I'm, characteristics I, of the divine or are we talking complete? Um, I think that like not a lot of conflict in the relationship. I mean, there could be maybe some conflict, but moving towards not using energy towards conflict with each other, but instead using energy to make things in the world mm-hmm. um, together as a unit. Um Sounds like just having a conscious relationship. Yeah. Forgiveness, it, transparency, you love. Could, part of the definition also is like the, the union births a third force, a neutral force that represents balance. So this is what I mean about the union create instead of using that energy against each other, using it towards creation of some a birthing something. And that could actually be a child. Because if you take me and Jesse, who are polar opposites, if you take our children, our children are a synthesis of us that is, in a sense, a neutral force. So in them, we birthed a neutral force. But also in our projects, we're birthing a neutral force. In because life together. Yeah, in our home. life together, in our home together, because it's like you have my energy and his energy, and they're equal and opposite. So that which we birth together is neutral. Hmm, okay, got it. Or you can just get a dog together, which you both love. Yeah, I mean, I see I, he would want a dog and I would want a cat. Why? Because we're equal and opposite forces. Okay, so how is it? Is this related to the concept of return of the divine feminine? Yes. Okay, so this divine union thing cannot happen without the return of the divine uh, feminine. And that is because the feminine, it's not that the feminine is better, stronger, or more, should be higher up on a pedestal than the man. The problem is the man is the only one on the pedestal right now. You know, we have Jesus, we have Buddha, we have Muhammad, we have male priests, we have male imams, we have mostly male rabbis. Uh, Basically what I'm saying is it's very masculine centered in our religious, in our religious dogma that we have on earth today. So that leaves this hole for, well, what about the female representation, the divine representation of the female. Now, if you look at ancient religions and, and 
the old pantheons of Egypt, you'll see women and men, you'll see female goddesses and male gods. So it's like somehow we've lost that equality within the representation. So in order to, to get divine union, you're going to need the divine masculine energy coming. You're also going to need the divine feminine energy coming to get that divine feminine energy. You need the return of that. Mm-hmm. So more, um, accessible role models and a context for us to move towards representations of that. Yeah. The men obviously have theirs, but where, where's ours is what you're saying. Yeah. Besides Mary. Yeah. And, um, you know, Mary, the mother is interesting because she is just looked at as a virgin mother. First of all, how, how hard of a standard to live up to, right? <laughs> probably not going to happen for any of the rest of us, but also just like, just, she puts that the woman in the position of like, you have to be the mother, Mm -hmm. you have to be the virgin, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not really exploring the full like spectrum of, of female divine energy, really. Do you feel as though that's bubbling up? Do you think that there is a, uh, palatable uh, rise of the divine feminine energy happening right oh, now. Oh, totally. So I where do you see, see it. That? I see it in just... I see it on online communities. I was going to say Instagram is like the number one place. <laughs> I probably see it. But just like all these witches like coming out of the woodwork, all of the, like so much... Me Too movement. Me Too, time's up. Like um, just women being remember under like heard in a way that they they haven't been i mean the fact that we nearly had a woman president that's another representation of a movement towards equality for women and women having that seat of power again mm-hmm. and jenna's looking at me like we did not mention her name <laughs> yeah well i unfortunately know too much about hillary clinton so that's <laughs> the problem she's there a reptilian what do you think i mean yeah, i think she's in cahoots with them that's for sure <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about as a single person, how would that person start to work towards divine union within their own self? So within your own self, it's really important. It's almost more important to reach this within yourself than within a Well, you need to reach it within yourself before you can reach that within a partnership, right? I think so. I think you're going to have to... Yeah, I think think so. I'm not sure. It's a quest for consciousness. It's all mixed up there. Yeah, but without you moving towards it within yourself, how can you attract a mate that reflects that they're also mindfully moving towards the divine? Totally. And within yourself, it's really about just... Exploring those opposites? Yeah, exploring the opposites within yourself, synthesizing the opposites within yourself. Like if you're male, like exploring your female side, your feminine side. That's a lot a of very tantric a approach. Lo- yeah, a lot of men like are so scared or like that they're going to like lose their balls if they... Oh my gosh, I have a secret to tell Oh my you. God, now you have to tell us. Oh no, I shouldn't have even said that. I can't really say this, but I'm going to do it. She's blushing. Her anyway, face is like oh red right now. What? I hope Carrie doesn't kill me. Okay, so one time we went to this tantric... Um, seminar like it was just an introductory thing it wasn't anything crazy right but I was curious you know and we went and they were talking about polar opposites within ourselves so they were obviously talking Mm -hmm. about um, ways to reach that divine union within yourself within a partnership and the guy was really fascinating who was speaking and it was red tantra because you know there's black white red there's different types of tantra I will never do black tantra I'll tell you that much okay forget black tantra cancel clear (laughs) 
So this the guy that was taking that was offering the seminar had this long hair down down to his waist, down to his really butt. down to his butt, long fingernails. Ew. Um, and I think one hand was painted and one hand wasn't, but in Interesting. complete masculine clothing. So he and is like exactly a perfect way. I see where he's you're going moving with this. Into, he's moving into exploring the equal opposites mm-hmm. within his own mm-hmm. self, breaking free of that box, I guess, that's placed on us as we come in. Girls do this. Boys do this. You can't cry because you're a boy. Totally. You can't wear whatever because you're or a girl. Or be sweet because you're a girl. Yeah. Like I got told, you know, just, you know, don't express yourself. Don't like get crazy because you're a girl. Like don't. Yeah. See? So, so and maybe that's part of the control. As it you're, is. You're talking about that it subconscious is. way to control us from moving towards it is. Um, the divine. It is. So exactly what you're talking about is so important yeah, because... Wait a second, I haven't... Oh, like, you haven't even said it yet? Bit yet. <gasps> oh, God. I should have just like, escaped like to that bit, twinkle. but I'm committed to it okay, now. So basically, he, he took us through this um, whole philosophy, which was really fascinating. I really resonated with it. And one of the homework pieces was the woman in the relationship had to do something that week that was activating her masculine, her deep masculine side. And the men had to do something that they would be usually afraid to do because that's not masculine or people oh, would judge what did them Carrie or whatever. Do? What did you do? That would activate the feminine <laughs> side. And so we went home and, um, and he suggested, the guy doing the seminar suggested that the men secretly, just for themselves, uh, wear their woman's panties <laughs> underneath their work clothes. So for themselves, they were starting to break free of the restriction of this is what a man looks like. And Jenny's like, mm, well, I mean, it just sure doesn't see, it seems this. like even a little bit more restricting to like be wearing a female's underwear. <laughs> well, okay. I got to wrap the story up because I don't want to give Carrie like a, a bad rap. Anyway, he, so I came out with this lacy, pair this lacy thong or g-string and i bring it out and carrie is like you're joking like that's not gonna fit anything in there and so i'm like come on babe just try it on just for fun i won't tell anyone (laughs) and i'm just gonna put it on my instagram story (laughs) it didn't go far anyway that was just a good example of um, of ways in which well you know i can't get to i'm just gonna give you a little Okay. Can't go too deep into it. No, but he, I mean, he wouldn't fit into it. So we could take try. it further than that. Of course he tried. He's a, he's a jokester. Okay. Well, I'm sorry I missed that one on your Instagram story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as a single person wanting to move towards divine union, it's more so focusing on your own polarity within yourself. Mm-hmm. So acceptance. Yeah. Because how can you be a good partner? Like as a man who's never explored your female side, how can you be a good partner to a female? Like you just don't yeah. understand. You need to move into that to have compassion yes. for the femininity, yes, for the sensitivity, emotionality. And blah, blah, blah. the higher self is neither female nor male. I mean, truly it's outside true. of polarity. So. so what would you say about gay partnerships? Great question. And I really want to address this. Um, <clears throat> I think that's the same thing with gay people, even if there's two embodied males. So you have two men, both male, um, but within them, they could still have a polarity of forces, equal and opposite forces. So maybe like, you know, they're both in their, they're both like in their female and their male. And so within their union, there is balance Mm. still. Beautiful. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And that's quite common for... uh, the interesting thing is most gay couples I know naturally um, 
kind of acquire uh, male female roles within that dynamic. And even if they have completely like not done that and they're completely splitting it down the middle, like even, 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 then that's also balanced, you know, because that's balanced. That's like even equal opposite f- balance. Like there's not, it's almost like gender neutral balance. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. It's still balanced. Okay. So why do you think we've strayed so far away from this model? There hasn't really, I mean, besides Jesus and Mary, there yeah. really hasn't been, I mean, it, it's just not. No, there's no example. Because when I heard about this this whole idea of divine union, there was nothing for me to compare it to. And it just felt like such a foreign concept. It felt right. Like, of course, we're in relationship to move towards a better version of ourselves. And how else can we, like, it, it's a pretty amazing way to be in relationship and see the reflection of yourself and what you need to work on and like express love with each other and forgiveness and all those things you can really do powerfully in a relationship. But I had never been taught or told that there could be a very sacred context of the way you move in relationship that takes you towards a higher goal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, to that, all I can say is that most of our concepts of divinity or religious concepts come from religions. Now, religions have been very unbalanced towards the masculine and in a way have dogmatic religions have used their power, you could say, to subjugate the woman. So because of that, um, we have not ever had a religious example of this. And so we don't really see that as a divine example of it. And, and Jesus and Mary is a very interesting example because in the early gospels, it, you know, I've heard that in the early gospels, there's like, for example, a gospel of, of Mary Magdalene and that was all taken out of the Bible. Now the Bible has been rewritten many a time since Jesus. I mean, the Catholic church didn't even start till 400 years after Jesus's death, 400 years. Could you imagine 400 years after someone's died? What has changed? Like what has changed between now and 1600? Mm. A lot. You know, so a lot of things have even in the reporting of the stories of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, it's been rewritten and revised, whatever. And so, just just proof that men in power have taken out the stories of divine union that we have. And I think it's because it keeps women more easily under the control of men. And what man doesn't want to just control a woman? And that's it. So, what do you think the world would look like if we were all? aware that divine union was an option and we were all consciously moving towards that. I think we would all be a lot happier, a lot stabler, a lot um, less using our energy to just for separation and more using it towards creative means. And I think that's another reason why if you believe there is a a cabal, like a negative um, small group of, of people with a lot of power that are just not having humanity's best interest in heart. Can I understand why they wouldn't want people to know about divine union? Because a world that in which everyone's in divine union, the people, the 99% are very stable. They're very happy. They're in a structure which is stable and in a structure where they're using their energy for creative force as opposed to, um, what am I trying to say? Like fighting with each other. Mm. So they want, they're like, they have the divide and conquer mentality. They want to divide and conquer us. They don't want us to be in stable structures such as divine union. They want us to be distracted by our own drama so yes. we don't watch them take over the world yeah. and all the resources. Yep. Well, that's not going to happen, is it? Not if we have anything to say about it. Okay, so 
really quickly before we wrap up, what are some very simple ways people can start um, exercising to get closer toward divine union? I think metacognition is such a great one, which is just mindfulness, which is just instead of engaging in polarity, just sort of um, witnessing it. So if you, for example, are a very female person and your man is very masculine, just witness it. Don't say, oh, this is, it's so bad. He doesn't, he's such a guy. Instead of saying that's bad, just say, okay, he's masculine and I'm feminine and just witness it and say, okay, maybe that is moving us somewhere, you know, and just, um, be aware of your thoughts and, and try to objectively kind of be neutral. And also explore the polarities within your own self. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Which brings me to our invitation for the audience. Think about where you are out of balance in your life. Where are your polar forces in your own life? Take an inventory and see if there's anywhere where you need to bring them back into balance. And also while you're at it, <laughs> check out polar forces in the world, like Democrats and Republicans, for example. You have two polar opposite forces that are engaged in battle against each other, and thus all of their energy is divided against each other as opposed to united to work for something better. So just be noticing those types of polarities in the world. Beautiful. Is there anything else, Jenna? Mm, just, um, I guess, believe, 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 have faith. Like just because nobody's ever done it before, doesn't mean you can't do it. Like we are the, the generation that's going to template this and put it on Instagram so everyone can see. <laughs> <laughs> also for me, uh, just a quick side note before we close is what really helped me understand and be excited about marriage was when Kerry proposed to me, he proposed to me up on this beautiful hill overlooking our family farm up north, California. And as we were walking down the hill back onto the farm, <clears throat> we started, he said to me, so what do you think the, con like, why are we doing this? What do you think the context of our marriage should be? Like, what's the point of us coming together? And in that moment, I really thought, well, we are stronger when we unite and there is a power to and a completion with that two opposites joining and together we can create um, more of an impact mm -hmm. to our community, to our own lives, to the world. So let's make the context of our marriage, let's move towards being a representation of good and consciousness or at least trying to be you know we don't claim to be enlightened but at least we have a context that is placed over our daily interactions and what we're moving towards and just having a context with the choices I made in my life um, made me feel as though I was moving towards something bigger so we Beautiful. can all do it. It's, it's, Having a context for your relationship is a great idea because that gets your energy out of um, into the zone of creating together. Yeah, and not, rather than the hamster wheel of this yeah. is just what we do. We yeah. go to college, we buy a house, we get married, we have yeah. kids. There's actually a greater meaning that you can place over that, that you can start working towards together. Love it. Awesome. Love it. Okay, well, that wraps it up for today. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Amber. For sharing your amazing wisdom with oh, us. Oh, jeez, I'm just... Thanks, oh, yeah, Thanks for thinking it's wisdom. <laughs> it is. You're just channeling the divine. 
So that covers it for today. If you like what you heard, please share this episode with other people and give us a five-star review so we can grow and support more people in their self-empowerment journey and looking deeper. And we really believe that a revolution starts with individuals and if we can start to look within our own self and ponder these topics that we're exploring we're going to be moving towards a new future and a different world a better one hopefully so thank you I'm on that for train. joining us <laughs> have a beautiful day we'll speak to you soon bye now bye-bye Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.